It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. From Amari, Christian, Skyler, Caitlin, Nolade, Jordan, Antonio, Eddie, and the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. we got a good one in store, and th- this is going to be interesting. Coming up in the uh, third half of our three-hour tour, um, I'm going to be talking with a butterfly farmer. Now, I've had a lot of different guests on the show. We've talked about a lot of different things, and this is the first time I've realized there's such a thing as butterfly farming. But Teresa Parrish is known as an accomplished butterfly farmer, and she's written a book for kids about the uh, peril of the monarch butterfly. And uh, it it's it's kind of a fun way to introduce kids and their parents, I suppose, to uh, this this idea of um, butterfly conservation. And the book is uh, uh, delightfully illustrated, and it's called The Adventures of Johnny Butterfly Seed. And uh, 
course, a play on Johnny Appleseed. But we'll we'll talk about that with Teresa coming up in the, the third half of our three-hour tour. In the uh, second hour, a very fascinating conversation with uh, Aaron Solomon, who is the chief legal analyst for Esquire Digital. And we're going to be talking about a Supreme Court case that's being heard um, this week and, and that they will take up, I think, during this session um, called Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. And uh, Aaron has written extensively uh, on this subject for a variety of uh, publications. He's the uh, chief legal analyst for Esquire Digital, and he has some strong feelings about uh, this case and and um, what's being heard, what's being argued, what will be considered when uh, the Supreme Court finally makes uh, a determination in this case and how it will impact Roe v. Wade. And uh, anyway, it's a very interesting conversation. Also, you've heard me and, and guests on this show for the last more than a decade talking about the possibility of having a uh, constitutional convention. Well, there's something similar in the works, and we're going to talk about that with uh, Wes Whitaker, who has just recently been made uh, the legislative liaison for Michigan's Region 3 of uh, the Convention of States project, and we're going to find out what that is and uh, what that's all about when uh, Wes joins me coming up in, in just just a moment or two. Anyway, it's going to be a great show. I hope you'll uh, stay tuned. We're also going to squeeze in a little Christmas music here and there because uh, our Christmas music is better than everybody else's because it's local. We wish you a Merry Christmas from the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. I guess this hour has uh, been on the show many times in the past, including being an armchair politics alumnist, if you will. That also included a trip to hell for Halloween one year with the Armchair <laughs> Politics Roundtable. Um, but he has a new gig, and we're going to talk about that a little bit with Wesley Whitaker, who joins me now by phone. Hi, Wes. Welcome to the show. Hello, Tom. Good to talk with you. Um, let's see. Um, you have just become, and I want to get this title right, the Legislative Liaison for Region 3 in Michigan of the Convention of States. Did I get that right? That is accurate, yes. And Long title. Well, yeah. <laughs> Your business card has two pages. Um, <laughs> Wes, let, let me ask you this. The Convention of States, I was reading a little bit about it. Um, how is it 
different, or is it different, from a constitutional convention, and what is the significance of Article 5? Article 5, a little brief history lesson. Article 5 is, as everyone who's read the Constitution knows, it's the shortest article in the Constitution. And when it was originally written, it was even shorter. It basically said the U.S. Congress from time to time can amend the Constitution. George Mason, of George Mason University fame, looked at it and said, what happens if we have a Congress that is contrary to the will of the people? Then what? So they had a little debate, and they decided to add in there a clause or the several states can call a constitution to amend the or call a convention to amend the constitution it has to be two thirds of the several states, and any resolutions coming out of that convention have to pass by three quarters of the legislatures of the several states. So it gives the people about the most direct voice they can have to change things that they consider to be contrary to the principles of our nation coming out of Washington, D.C. And anyone who is basically alive and paying attention knows that there's a lot of things coming out of Washington, D.C. now that are contrary to our principles. Let's talk about, is, is this in fact then a call for a constitutional convention? Not in... <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to understand the the yeah the, and, and, the fine and I get that difference. question a lot because there is a big effort going on by those who support the status quo to paint it as you know a general call to change the constitution and it's going to be a runaway convention and all that. I have to deal with those objections often. It's the state legislators themselves calling for a convention of the states and the legislators will send the representatives that they select to that convention but it's a very narrow scope the resolution only has three proposals in it one is for fiscal restraint basically what is known as the balanced budget amendment but basically saying to washington dc you can't spend our grandchildren's future. You can't fund all this crazy stuff. You have to have balanced books. You can't spend more than you take in. The second one is for term limits for legislators and federal appointees because we have people who have made careers out of being politicians. And I don't think the framers ever envisioned profession, professional politicians. And the third one is to restore to the sovereign states the powers that the federal government has taken from them through different pieces of legislature, legislation. And it's basically very big with those three principal points. In that convention, the representatives from the states will hammer out the details in the language. But whatever comes out of that convention then goes back for a vote by the legislatures. And three-quarters of them have to pass each one of those resolutions before it becomes amendment. 
the beauty of it is that the governor can't veto it, the U.S. House members can't veto it, the Senate can't veto it, the president can't veto it. It is the will of the people being expressed. Does that answer? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, and and just, just to clean up a little bit, it's three-fourths of the legislators in the individual states and two-thirds of the states? Three-fourths of the several legislatures, yes. Each legislature in each state has to pass whatever comes out of that convention, but three-quarters of them across the country. So oh, so three-fourths three of the states have to pass this legislation. Exactly. Is it 50 plus one or two-thirds majority in those uh, individual legislatures? It's majority. It depends on how they're set up. Okay. I believe that most of them are set up on a majority basis, where it's it would be half plus one. But it's thirty-eight states that have to pass it. Well, let's talk about these these uh, these three these three items that would be the agenda of of a convention of the states. Let's talk first with the uh, balanced budget amendment. What's to say that Congress wouldn't come up with a way around it like they have the debt ceiling year after year just raising? That was supposed to be a cap on spending, but there's never been an initiative to set spending within that cap. They just raise the cap. In my personal opinion, that's where the third point of the resolution comes in, is taking back some of the powers. They've used, by they, I mean Washington, D.C. has used the Commerce Clause of the Constitution to cover just about anything they choose to do. So hopefully when they do the third part, where they bring some of the powers that were originally given to the sovereign states, back to the states that they won't be able to so neatly dance around all these things. The original Constitution and the preamble it says, we the people of the United States of America. It, the United in the original was not uppercase because there was at that time they wrote it no such country as the United States of America. But the states we're forming a federal government that had two functions, basically. The first was domestically to represent and be an arbiter between the sovereign states. On the international scene, it was to represent the states united to the rest of the world. They weren't creating this monarchy in, in drag, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> to, rep to represent this this geographic nation of people, it evolved into that over the years, and it's, in my opinion, and the opinion of a lot of learned people that I've spoken with, it's it's gotten completely out of control. More about the Convention of States project with Wesley Whitaker straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You know, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. Today. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. 
from Alicia, Elena, Gabriella, Erica, and the Tom Sumner Program. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More about the Convention of States project with Wesley Whitaker straight ahead. Well, let's talk about the uh, the, the term limit part of this, because I'm, I'm a bit of a skeptic, Wes, when it comes to term limits, and largely because of the fact that the elected officials then come and go fairly frequently but other elements of the government, and this is true in Lansing as well as Washington, um, lobbyists and, and uh, department heads. And I noticed that when you mentioned this term limits on elected officials and appointees, but still there are lobby groups and, and agencies, uh, this huge uh, bureaucracy that stays in power while elected officials come and go. That's true. I, I have a concern. I have a concern about that. That that then those people end up really understanding and knowing how government works better than the people that are coming and going because of term limits, and that that somehow that might give us, the people, we the people, a a little bit less control over what's happening. Well, you've got a large problem with the revolving door of lobbyists. People go and serve for a period of time. They become a committee chairman in a certain area, and then they leave office, and surprise, surprise, they get offered a six-figure job for defense contractor, for instance. Life goes on. Nobody seems to ask the question how it is that people go into Congress and they're there for three or four terms and they leave and they're a millionaire. They have to support an office in their district. They have to support an office in Washington, D.C. They have staff. How is that possible? I mean, I just... I wasn't very good at math when I was in high school, <laughs> but that doesn't add up. And you look, and there's all kinds of rules and everything that they've written that allows them to let their beak, so to speak. And we just sit back and say, well, that's how they do business in D.C. We just have to understand that. I, I just think that in Michigan, where we have term limits, there have been some unintended consequences. I, I know the idea in theory and on paper is that, you know, we're turning over representation more frequently and um, that it it brings new blood in and new ideas. And, and it sounds great, but the reality is the people representing her the the representatives themselves the elected officials representing people come and go while these other things become institutionalized whether it's you know as you mentioned the defense lobby or uh the insurance lobby or the the pharmaceutical lobbies i i mean we can we can go on and on the nra 
these different organizations that, you know, have poured a lot of money into these people. And it, it, it just hasn't had the impact that Michigan voters thought it would when they voted for term limits. Well, and I'm and, and I'm just suggesting. I, I'm not trying to trip you up, Wes. I'm no, I understand. I'm I understand because broaden, I run into this. I, I'm trying to broaden the concept a little bit because you know I've talked to some people who worked in Washington and talked about draining the swamp, and they said you know a lot of people in that swamp are dedicated public servants that help make the the trains run on time. And absolutely. It, so. But then there are these other people, and you know we've we've seen the news reports of you know these high-ranking government officials getting caught playing solitaire on their computers and stuff, um, so, or sleeping. Yeah, yeah, or sleeping, um, or raiding the or cookie taking jar. rides on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. Yeah, <laughs> getting four hundred dollar haircuts. You know, we've seen all the abuses and stuff, but how do we? How do we take a concept like term limits and make sure that its intention is implemented broadly enough that it really does make the changes we're hoping for? One of the biggest challenges that I face when I talk to people about this, and I'm running across it a lot, is that we have become a society that is looking for instant gratification and panaceas for every problem. And that's not what I'm involved in trying to provide here. What I'm trying to provide is the beginnings of a framework for correcting the fundamental problems with the way our government operates as opposed to the way that it was originally intended to operate. America became, as Reagan called it, the light on the shining hill sitting on the shining hill or whatever that quote was, but people came from all over the world to come to America because it represented freedom, it represented opportunity. And Flint is a perfect example as an analogy for what's happened nationally. At one time in Flint, Flint was the world epicenter for innovation and entrepreneurship. Everybody in the world knew Flint as a place you go if you want to have some new invention having to do with vehicles and automobiles, or if you wanted to go ply your trade if you were a European metal worker, for instance. You knew if you got to Flint, Michigan, you would have a job at Buick. The old St. John's neighborhood at one time had 82 nationalities represented in that two-square-mile area. And this was a city that was booming. It was an example of prosperity and opportunity. But you look at what's happened over the years, it it no longer represents that. I recently spoke at the Commission for Redistricting, and I said, you know, we have a historic opportunity here. What you guys decide lasts for 10 years. We've got three institutions of higher education in this city, why not have them put together their brain power, come up with an algorithm that equally divides this county up in districts that have boundaries that make sense that people can understand so we have equal representation 
none of this um, gerrymandering nonsense that goes on. It would be bipartisan, and it would shine a positive light on this community that is sorely needed. And, and that's an excellent point, Wes, and, and one that I've been making since the uh, Michigan voters enacted the uh, the initiative that that formed the redistricting commission and, and uh, um, called for drawing the lines differently. It, if if we could do that, I'm, I, I. But again, that's the first step. The second step is to get people in those districts to participate and vote. Yeah. But but that's that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. I'm not looking for a, a solution that's going to cure. I'm not expecting Washington D.C. to clear up overnight and become a, a normal functioning entity. I think there's still going to be a lot of work that has to be done. It's like buying an old house that's got good bones, but you're going to have to spend as much as you paid for it to make it livable. Um. And and that's what I tell people. This this is written. These this proposal is written to provide a framework. It's not specific solutions because they tried, for instance, the balanced budget amendment. They tried that before. It didn't work because everybody got into the weeds about okay, what does that entail? Who's that going to affect? How's that going to affect me? But you have to start somewhere. You have to take baby steps if we're ever going to become what we are capable of being, what we have been, because right now we're not. I think everyone agrees that Washington, D.C. is dysfunctional. People go there and they... 17th Amendment's a perfect example. In FDR's day, they said, well, you know, you as senators should be elected by the people. It's, it's not right that the state legislators elect the U.S. Senators to go to Washington, D.C. The people should represent, should be the ones who elect their Senators. And it sounded good when they put the idea out there. It always sounds great when it comes, they come up with these ideas. But now we look back over history since this has been put in, and we've actually created a House of Lords. It was, it was structured so that the legislators elected the U.S. Senators. The U.S. Senators went to Washington, D.C. and represented the business of the state that they were from. That's all they did. They reported back to the legislature. And the legislature had the authority to recall them anytime they thought they weren't doing a good job. But now, you get elected U.S. Senator, you go to Washington, D.C., you are able to collect funds from all around the world, wine and dine by everybody all around the world. And you only have to pay occasional visits back to the state. We have an office here. We, we, uh, we touched on, on two of the three agenda items for a convention of the state's uh, um, gathering. We talked about the the balanced budget, and we talked about term limits. What was the third item? That's what I'm talking about now, is is getting back some of the powers that were taken from the states. They would go in and repeal things like the 17th Amendment, and the U.S. senators would then, again, 
actually represent, you know, the state of Michigan, for instance. They would go there and they would do Michigan's business at the national level representing the state legislature of Michigan. That's how it was originally set up to be. It was a check and a balance. So it's not three individual proposals, but three interest areas, and the convention itself would then determine the steps needed to address each of those areas. Yeah. Ideally, they would come out of the convention with three proposed amendments, which would address those broad areas of concern. Uh, If your listeners haven't, if they really want to know more in-depth about this, it's kind of interesting. When Mark Meckler was putting together the Convention of States project at the same time frame, Mark Levin was writing a book, and they didn't know that each one was doing this. But Mark Levin's book, The Liberty Amendments Restoring the American Republic, is an absolutely fabulous book where he goes through and talks about if he could propose amendments to the Constitution, what would they be? And a lot of what he says in that book lines up with a lot of the principles and the the thought process that goes on with those of us who are now in the Convention of States project. Is Levin's book likely to become a template for some of the discussions that go on at the Convention of the States? Well, it it already is is a source of uh, information for those discussions and fuels a lot of those discussions. But it, there's there are people from all walks of life involved in this. One of the things that we tell people when we talk to them, if you feel like you need to get involved or you wish you had a voice or you wish somebody would ask your opinion, well, we're... We're here. We're looking for you. Everybody can do something. Anybody can do something in the Convention of States projects. It's structured in such a way that if all you're capable of doing is making phone calls, you I, can now I a said, I identified, Pardon? Wes, I identified you as the legislative liaison for Region 3 in Michigan of the Convention of States project. How much, what, what does Region 3 encompass geographically, and, and what does a legislative liaison do? Okay, Region 3, if you take Fenton as an, an access point or a corner point, on a line from Fenton north to Conning, and a line from Fenton east to St. Clair, Okay. Everything east and north of those two lines is Region 3, roughly. So that's the entire thumb. And I have, I think, 14 House representatives and three or four senators that I have to go and talk with. My role is twofold. I'm a source of information for the politicians when I go to Lansing and talk I haven't done it yet. I'm still a newbie. And you have to go through a tremendous amount of training. But the next time we go to Lansing, I'll be in that delegation. And and we go and we meet the staff. We meet the legislator. And I become a resource of information. 
to help them understand because there is there is a serious effort going on with hundreds of thousands of dollars being spent to perpetrate this myth that if you have a convention of states, it's going to be a runaway convention. It's going to end up destroying the Constitution, and then the nation's going to fall into anarchy. And it's kind of crazy because it's not possible with the restrictions that have been put into place. But I go there and I provide them the information they need in order to make a judgment call on whether or not they want to support this. And I point out that, you know, really, by supporting it, it actually makes you have more influence in D.C. than you have now. And so hopefully, on the, ideally, you would have people running for local office, and they would get experience in local office and move into the state offices. After they've been in the state office and got experience, then they move into national office. So you, you would still have people being able to have input into the political process throughout their career, but they would gain the experience and move up, and you would know who you were dealing with. You'd have known quantity or quality going to represent you. Um, it wouldn't be, you know, what we have now. A lot of his personalities and who's most right. heavily funded by special interest groups. The flip side of my job as a legislative liaison is that I then go back to their districts and I kind of stir the pot, turn up the heat and have their constituents call them and say, hey, you need to support this resolution. Gotcha. So, but well, I have to do it in a diplomatic manner, and that's where my <laughs> sense of humor and my <laughs> apparent irreverence comes into play. <laughs> well, and you know Hopefully. how much... And you know how much I appreciate irreverence. But, um, Wes, let me let me do this before we run out of time, as I do with all my guests, as you know, is to let listeners know where they can find out more about the Convention of States project. You just go to COS Action, C as in Charlie, O as in Oscar, S as in Sam, COSAction.com. And it will take you to a, a website where you can download the pocket guide, the digital version of our pocket guide, which walks you through the process, explains as much as can be explained in 40 pages. But it answers the questions. It tells you all the people on the national level who are supporters have come out in support of this, like Mark Levin, Ron DeSantis, James Dobson, Rand Paul. How did you get? Up. How did you get uh, connected with the Convention of States project? I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> you skipped a meeting, didn't you? <laughs> and, no, and no, got appointed. Called, got appointed in your absence. Somebody called and said, uh, "You're back in the state. You have." some political background and your I read your book and I think you would be good for this will you come to a meeting so Robin and I went to a town hall meeting that's usually how it happens right there's town hall meetings where people can go and learn about it there's one coming up Saturday as a matter of fact in in my city well Wes thank you for let me give a plug for that yeah absolutely 
Saturday, December 11th, 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the Eastern Michigan State Fairgrounds. The uh, building number, it's 635 South Cedar Street. It's one of those buildings in on the midway of the fairgrounds. They're having a town hall. Representative Matt Hall of Marshall, Michigan will be there. He's uh, introduced the legislation. We've got 26 representatives. We need 36 more in the House to pass this. The Senate is already on board with it. So people want to find out their questions will all be answered. They just come up at the town hall. Or again, go to cosaction.com and download the digital pocket guide. Well, Wes, thanks so much for spending this time with me and the listeners, and uh, good luck with the Convention of States project, and keep up the good work. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate the opportunity. All right. Take care. Bye. That was uh, Wes Whitaker. He is the uh, legislative liaison for Michigan's Region 3 of the Convention of States project. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. 
Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Sumner Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
was locked down in the county jail Cousin Shirley's on the street, she's gonna make his pale Just before Christmas, little Junior stole our tree Salvation Army brought presents for the whole family Grandma's cooking up the supper that the church folks sent Daddy's down at Honky Tonk drinking next month's rent Debt from Manger 6. We know you've been traveling a lot this holiday season and you've probably been told there's no room at the inn. Well, that's just not the case here at Manger 6. Why, for just 29 drachma, we'll put you up in a warm, comfortable stable with plenty of fresh milk for the newborn. 
There's even individual stalls for your mules, camels, or whatever you happen to be driving across the desert. And in case unexpected visitors decide to drop in on you, shepherds, wise men, holy ghosts, it's not a problem at Manger 6. There's plenty of frankincense and myrrh to go around. This is Tom Bodette from Manger 6 reminding you, there's always room at this end. We'll even leave a star out for you. Stop the tears An angel looked me right in the eyes It must have been a midnight clear But it caught me by surprise Do you have any clue what this means? distant drums If we can make it out of here There's hope for everyone If you take me by the hand This Christmas And we do the best we can This year maybe It's Christmas for everyone What good is this bread and wine? What good is this cross I bear? All I want for Christmas is time If you take me by the hand this Christmas and we do the best we can, this year maybe they will understand, it's Christmas forever. Keep me awake I pray the Lord my soul to keep And my heart to break If you take me by the hand This Christmas And we do the best we can Christmas for everyone 
Christmas and a baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight. I'm feeling right. Santa baby, a shiny new convertible to light blue. I'll wait up for you, dear Santa baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa tonight's the night. Think of all the fun I've missed. Think of all the fellas that I haven't kissed. Next year I could be oh so good. If you check off my Christmas list, ba-doo-ba-doo, Santa honey, I want a yacht and really that's not a lot. Been an angel all year, Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight, Santa tonight's the night. Come and trim my Christmas tree with some decorations put at Tiffany. I really do believe in you. Let's see if you believe in me. Ba-doo, ba-doo, Santa baby. Forgot to mention one little thing. A ring. I don't mean on the phone, Santa baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight. Hurry down the chimney tonight. show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.